everybody and welcome to another episode of over the cup podcast a formula 1 podcast for fans old and new by formula 1 fans old and new we are talking today about uh, the mexico gp with one and only our very own f1 historian hani badger what's up hani badger hello hello another hello. good race for the og hani badger yeah not for uh, us though not for us though oh my god this is this race is in such close competition with emola to be the most boring race of the season i think there's oh. a, this is a three way tie between emola france and mexico at least emola had rain i would say this is the worst race of the season yeah so. but that rain was that rain was again like it did nothing emola was also very boring race you have to listen nice. to our emola podcast how much we were crying about everything it was a very boring race the rain did nothing but uh, so when it rains you always have this excitement right something's about to happen yeah somewhere yeah. someone is going to <laughs> slide off the track so yeah and that's what made mexico, it worse nothing is ha- nothing was happening but emola that's what made it worse because you're like oh it's raining something is going to happen and then nothing happened yeah 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 okay so let's get into it qualifying oh sebastian vettel aston martin dude what happened to aston martin is it because of the altitude because last Sure. the week before that he was fighting to the line after a shitty pit stop that put him in p13 he was fighting to the line for p8 and then this weekend they were nowhere last time i asked you uh, is the aston really improving or it is because of the tracks on the particular tracks they were good but you told aston was improving i can clearly see that aston was never improving uh, they had a uh, they had two tracks which their car was suited the best so No, I think it's the fight. altitude thing. I think it's the altitude thing. It's similar to what got happened with Ferrari this weekend. There's okay. no way that Ferrari is so bad, right? That they'll they will be like the, the the Red Bulls and Mercedes are top four, and then there's a fucking twenty second gap to the fifth where Carlos signs is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like listening to this uh, uh, podcast, you know, the engine breaking boss podcast where uh, uh, break the the which channel the the youtube channel that we watch for oh, that formula 1 ex formula 1 performance engineer who started his youtube channel oh break f1 break f1 yeah yeah so he oh my god i can't remember i listened to it last night he said that it it had something to do with the size of the turbo in the car okay and so uh, his story because it is on an altitude something to do with uh, less density and whatever whatever and then it was basically uh so if your turbo is too small uh you are going to have problem on the tracks that ha- that are on an altitude is basically okay that was the problem with ferrari and i think that could also have been a problem with aston martin because no way no way this kind of like i'm not too concerned about the uh what do you say the the qualifying thing but like race like nothing at all vedel could not do anything so yeah 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 and um, yeah your your standard uh, eliminations in q1 and q2 and then uh, q3 of course ferrari oh my god ferrari sad there's it nothing much painful. to talk about ferrari this weekend yeah but bottas split the ferrari 
saris so yeah yeah where did that face come from is my i don't know i just, I, I just think it was just that alfa romeo actually was working it was a working functioning car i don't know what even happens to bottas half of the weekend or even zo for that matter yeah like alfa zo also finished so, in points right uh, no no he did not bottas got the last place place uh, zo was 13 okay yeah yeah so quite an uneventful qualifying also but it was interesting because i think because this the uh, what do you say the 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 straight is so long like you don't want to start on p1 on this because the slip stream and everything like it's better if you don't start on p1 on this track historically yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, i think i i think that was the that was like the thing that used to happen right whoever started on pole has never won the mexican gp or something like that yes until now uh, so my was the only one who okay. won Yeah. yeah so let's That's yeah mostly because come. so the corner first corner is so wide right and you have a long as straight before the first corner close to like 700 or 800 meters hmm. the long straight and it is kind of similar to monza but monza has a, a way narrow corner first corner yeah but here you have the space to you know run off and uh, join the track easily join so the track yeah mexico first corner is always exciting after that this corner. was not at all exciting this was nothing about this was exciting i i think after the first pit stops happened i don't think it was exciting yeah 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 unless i was i was hoping for a strategy change or something but uh, teams also played it safe completely yeah so i mean from a red bull point of view i can i can understand their their strategy was pretty much okay but the thing i don't ever have to worry about red bull is that they are not scared to change their strategy as and when they see an opportunity or as and when they suspect that they might be in danger of losing yeah. their track position or get overtaken by somebody right so yeah. i wasn't too concerned about red bull the mercedes strategy man it was just for me it was one and a half hours of frustration because as soon as they got on those hard tires mm. i was like it's done the race is done they are, they are not winning it yeah 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 and at this point i'm like you are either fighting for p2 in the championship or you're fighting for the win it's it's not both like of course the win would help get more points but you you have to go into a race weekend one agenda you're either going for the win or you're either going for p2 in the constructors because they did not split the strategies between the two yes. mercedes they did only four laps more than the red bull on used set of softs i was i was wondering why the um, why mercedes didn't uh, split up the strategy i was expecting a different strategy for russell at least yes and you know we've we've seen this time and again like even in the like mercedes strategy um this year has been questionable not us i think miami again lewis was like george pitted under the safety car but lewis again was like yeah, i yeah. don't want to lose track position so miami miami yeah so i'm like either you are worried about where you're finishing in the constructors so you want to get maximum number of points but then even if you want to do that why not pit russell for softs they did pit mm-hmm. him but for the fastest lap point yeah yeah 
and I'm like, could you, had you done that like 10, 10, 15 laps before, he could have gotten to P3 at least. Because even yeah, Checo, yeah, yeah. Checo was not able to do, like Hamilton was not doing too well on the hearts, but there was not, there was a threat from Checo for a couple of laps. But then even then he also fell back. Like he wasn't doing anything great in that Red Bull. Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why I see that they should have committed to their strategy because this was their good chance to get another to get a win and like I'm just tired of getting uh, saying this that if this could have been a chance for their win they did not pit Hamilton during Silverstone as well under that safety car and then he eventually finished third they are so rigid on their strategy I don't understand why this ha- this has been evident and visible since uh, the Zamboot race yeah yeah and you know no, like uh, I read somewhere that they said they they looked at Latifi's time on the hearts. <laughs> that was the most funniest part. And then decided that hard was the best tie. I mean, like the dude finished two laps down. He was lapped by his own teammates who was, let's be honest, he was also in like somewhere 17, 18, P18, P17 position. Like yeah. Latifi had a bad race. If that is, you are basing your hard tire decision on Latifi's lap times. Okay. <laughs> what about looking at Vettel who was able to do a stint on softs for 37 oh, laps yeah, yeah yeah why are you not looking at that data and their entire thing was that Max's medium is not going to last Max was able to nurse his tires because the moment he got a good 6-7 second lead he did not need to push because Lewis was not going to gain 6-7 seconds in a single lap especially on the straights yeah so there are some sections of the track where Mercedes was really strong but uh, Red Bull matched the pace uh, the lap pace with the uh, you know straight line speed so I, I still think they should have committed if if not I don't know if Mercedes could have gotten the win because I still have to learn how to do my F1 analysis but I still think that they could have at least uh, forced Red Bull for a pit stop and then maybe Lewis and Russell could have, uh, you know, tried to hold them off for some time because the Red Bull did not have a fresh set of softs. That's why they started on used softs. Everybody used their softs in the race, in yeah, the yeah, qualifying, yeah. sorry. So I was like, if you have to force them to do a stop, then you have to also put pressure so that Max is forced to use his tires and then the minute he's under threat Red Bull is going to have to react or they are going they will they might eventually lose track position and Mercedes could have gone for the win Red Bull pitted only once right yeah they only had a one stop they had a two stop strategy fixed I think yeah Uh, alternatively they were they just wanted to uh, see how Mercedes responds Max return undercut yeah and Mercedes should have gone on gone on their meetings let Max eat into their lead let him let him push let him lead let him again overtake them and lead the race but then for the next stint you do your softs you take out the softs and you you do that and you start putting some pressure at least it could have been a p2 and p3 if not the win and i uh, i heard them say that the uh mediums are dropping off and they were called into pits no 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 the mediums were no 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 what the race engineer said to them is that the medium would eventually drop off in performance and i'm like that is the point any tire you use is eventually going to drop off that's called tire degradation 
formula that's racing 101 both when both lewis and george were called into the pits they said their tires were okay both of them said that they don't need to come into the pits because their tires are okay Mm, like even if they wanted to do a medium hard they should have gone long on the mediums they should have gone long but that hard tire wasn't working right that hard tire wasn't working but they could have gone on long enough to i I understand but uh the point is on paper the hard works but on track it wasn't working well uh how do i put it so you remember the race where ferrari put the hearts on yeah hungary which one is it hungary hungary was it hungary yeah Yeah. where they put hard on charles's car right yeah yeah so when clearly it's not working i kind of understand so my thing is mercedes is stopping uh taking risks like before uh if you take like 2018, 19, 20, they used to take risk in the last 20 laps and put the softs on and uh, ask Hamilton to chase the others. Uh, this kind of risk taking, I am not seeing in Mercedes this year. Uh, also, this might be due to the lack of race space also. Uh, I am not sure as to why are they playing it safe, but I wish to see them take more risks. Yes, and e- even even George, before he was called into the pits, he said, he said on his... Uh, radio that I want to go longer on the mediums and then put on a soft. He said it. He wanted to do the Daniel Ricardo strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ricardo, I is, the, Ricardo is the only one who stuck with the strategy, right? He took the he took the strategy in his own hands, I think. Okay. Because I think McLaren also wanted to go for a medium hard because that's what they did that, with Lando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ricardo went long, and so but I think that should have been the strategy because the the, the kind of pace Ricardo had at the end was amazing, and I. I think I think that even if they both had gone for the medium soft strategy, the worst case scenario for them was still the uh, the positions that they finished at P two P four. Checo was yep, not yep. a threat. Checo was not uh, as big a threat as Max was. Checo was nowhere in in that race compared to where his teammate finished. So yeah. they should have gone for a medium soft, and they could have forced Red Bull to pit Max again. It's and basically then... two versus one. You can play around. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And Toto before the race weekend said that we are ready to compromise the race of one one of our drivers to get that win. And then you put both the Mercedes on the same strategy and it's a shitty strategy. And I'm like, Toto, Toto, no. What are you doing? Because they had a they had a early they had like a free pit stop very early on in the race. I think Carlos Sainz fell back and there was a good 17, 18, 20 second lead from like halfway through the race. I think lap mm. 29, 30. From then on, the Ferrari was never a threat. As for Checo, they they could have they could have split the strategy or they could have done a medium soft and overtaken Checo as well. Like yeah, there was yeah. there was a, there was a risk that they could have taken to at least go for p2 p3 or maybe force max to pit again and then defend and maybe get that win yeah but yeah like the entire race i was like okay something is going to happen something is going to happen and then nothing happened at all and this race was weird i mean uh staying up late and waiting for something to happen yeah it's not worth it all yeah they they played it too safe and 
I was like, even when I saw them do like, you know, they pitted around lap 20, something between lap 20 and 30, somewhere around that time. That is when they pitted. It's a 71 mm. lap race. You've seen the hard tire is not working. Put on another set of mediums. Put on another set of mediums because until then you have seen that the tire degradation is not. A... Dude, if Ferrari is able to do longer stints on mediums, I think the tire degradation is fine. <laughs> the team that has suffered <laughs> the most with tire degradation, if they are able to do 30 odd laps, then the tire deg is fine. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. So but, they that looked is at mostly the because. First... So, so that is because. Uh, Ferrari went long because they were not fighting uh, at yeah. the front and they had uh, they had a bit of clean air so yeah. they were in their own zone and that made them push that longer but usually when the when the Ferrari is in the mix that's a different story I mean it's not like they bring their A game for strategy but my point no, no, is no no not regarding the strategy but uh, regarding <laughs> the tire deck I'm saying tire deck yeah 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 that's when their tire deck is high, high but yeah. like e- even even if you look at the other races Ferrari is one team and even Mercedes to an extent. They are the teams that have suffered a lot with tire degradation compared to Red Bull. But here it was not it was not that bad. Like even even yeah. if you look at Vettel and Ricardo, like they were at least okay. The people at the front, like the drivers at the front were not as such in the fight. There was not a lot of fighting because everybody had like comfortable leads and or whatever. But if you look at Vettel, if you look at Daniel, they were still able to um, have their tires last and do 30 plus laps on their mediums even while they were fighting for positions and and they were in a position where they were not in a lot of clean air you know they had a they had a driver in front of them one second ahead one and a half second ahead and there's not a lot of clean air it's not a seven eight second uh gap from the driver in front that they have a lot of clean air it was it was relatively dirty air but they were still able to me they took the worst example on the track and and mimic their strategy based on that. And I'm like, you're not looking at what Vettel is doing. You're not looking at what Ricardo is doing. And it was worth a gamble to, after doing like 15, 20 laps on the uh, on the hearts, they could have been a gamble which they could have taken and put one Mercedes on mediums and the other on soft. Split the strategy then. Yep. So yeah, it was boring. I mean, I can, I still, I, I've seen a lot of people defend Mercedes' decision, but I still think that uh, if they're chasing that elusive win, they have to start taking on more risk. And they should have at least split the strategy. Like that split should have happened. And Mercedes reacting to Red Bull's undercut was the was very stupid. Like don't react. If you have a strategy, stick to that strategy. So at the race start also, I was asking you, right? Uh, what were the... So I tuned into the race very late and uh, by the time I tuned in, they were saying something like uh, um, some strategy changes for I mean strategy differences between the teams and uh, uh, I think someone is on older softs someone is on new mediums they were saying like this I yeah, couldn't yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. who they were talking about yeah. and it could have been a like a mind game 4D chess kind of thing but uh, turned yeah. out to be very boring yes it turned out to be just uh, 20 drivers who are okay with the, the fact that they have to go around this track for 2 hours except for Daniel Ricardo. Ex- except for Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to save it for the last because I'm like I'm so excited you had a good race sure. kind of a good race but like yeah yeah Vettel Vettel on the softs man it was 
crazy like even when the when the pit stops start, uh, started happening like you, you we saw a lot of i think the majority of the grid was going on hards and uh, yeah but i was like when is vettel going to pit and even daniel i'm like when are these guys are they going to pit i thought they were going to do that alex albon thing the thing that he did in australia australia yeah. was like yeah, 50 56 56 50, laps 50 laps yeah oh, i was God. like he's going to pit on the last lap they both are going to pit on the last laps but yeah but 37 laps on a soft tire the tire whisperer in mexico yeah but that also shows that the tire deck was not there it wasn't there it was like of course altitude and altitude yeah, means cooler temperature it means the soft tire is going to so softer compounds work on cooler temperatures and harder compound need higher temperatures to work that is also another reason i think the heart did not work was because it just can't get that temperature into the tire because they waited and waited and waited and like it just could not do anything. And I think yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. an analysis which said that on, on both the stints, on both of the stints, compare the comparison between average time that Max lapped and average time that Lewis lapped was less than a tenth of a second. Oh, average compared to Max. Okay, so Lewis Max compared is, to Max, you're saying Lewis compared to Max. So like, okay. sure, um, Red Bull hard pace. But that extreme Red Bull straight line speed domination that we've seen, that wasn't there. It wasn't there because then the ga- that gap would have been much, much, much bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw somebody who who took every single lap time for both both these drivers. And they took out an average. And of course, like, you know, your fuel loads is uh, less and this and that. And even like you can't factor in everything, but like just on um, just on the basis of the lap times that they were doing, I think a win was possible if they had just taken a gamble. Mm. Yeah. But uh, OK, uh, let's talk about Gasly and Stroll. Gasly and Stroll? What happened to Stroll? So Gasly um, uh, locked up and uh, was going for an overtake oh, on Stroll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. <laughs> Locked up, pushed him off the track, went off yeah. the track himself, gained the position, kept the position, did not give it back, and then eventually received a five-second time penalty. But by the time the decision came, he was already four seconds ahead of Stroll. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, I guess smart decision that way because... I think the uh, I think had he tried to give the position back, Alex Albin was very close to Stroll and could have fallen back two positions. Uh, but Gasly is now on ten penalty points. Uh, two and more, and uh, there'll be a race ban. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is that every time in the past that the FIA has given out uh, for, forcing a driver off the track or anything like that, uh, any penalty, it's always been two penalty points. But because Gasly is so close to a race ban. They only gave one penalty point. One penalty point. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think I think Gasly should just fuck shit up in Brazil and get a get a race ban <laughs> in Abu Dhabi. Because his his penalty points don't expire until May next year. It's all a question of where is he going to get his race ban? Is he going to get it in Alpha Tauri or is it going is he going to get it in Alpine? That's the question. He'll get it in Alpha Tauri itself. No, but like if he if he does not if he does not get the, those 12 points by the end of Abu Dhabi. Hmm. 
and then when the next season starts and he does something stupid and gets two more penalty points he could get it in alpine his his penalty points the first whatever whatever is the number i don't know what the number is but the first penalty points are going to expire in may of 2023 so mm. yeah yeah he should just the the fia should have just given him two penalty points i'm like it's a, it's a race it's a system i i don't know why they are they are so scared to even ban a race driver yeah give give lawson some time in that alpha tauri fia come on you can do it just do it why why do fia have to interfere in that i mean oh you're saying that <laughs> yeah i'm okay, saying that it should have some... been two two penalty points so just give him two penalty mm-hmm, points mm-hmm. if if it's okay. always been two penalty points just give him two penalty points i i, I don't see the point of not doing that but you yeah. know our weekends are weekends are not going uh without bringing fia into discussion i mean it's not the it's not the worst thing that they have done i mean it's i can not the I can usual usual fuck up yeah 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 uh, compared to how and what we've seen from the fia since singapore i think fia did a phenomenal job this weekend <laughs> but that's just because the bar is so low that's the only time we are going to praise fia that's the only time we're going for to praise for something which did yes yes but again this penalty point thing is again an inconsistency because if you look at what they've done the entire season it's always been two penalty points so i'm like okay cool but okay if i are doing what they do best disappointing yeah, like, any time i hear this thing about the race ban i immediately go to 2012 spa where grosjean did what he did and he was banned he was straight up banned for the next race yeah and i'm like yeah that's what the fia used to be and now they're like i think i think if gasly does something next race they are going to be like 0.25 penalty points added to your super license i think that's what they're going to start doing 0.25 yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they have to draw it out because they're so scared of giving even a race ban because of penalty points they're going to be like 0.25 because they have to make it last till may so like there are two races left and then i'm assuming until may there would be a good five six races that would happen considering the yeah. season will start in march so yeah five or six races so you have to draw it out for eight races right and if you consider even one uh, problematic thing that gasly does every single race weekend so that's two points that they have to divide in eight races so 0.25 math yeah so i think it's going to be 0.25 penalty points for gasly moving forward which would be fun but uh, good oh. job fia we don't we don't say it often but okay cool good job this nothing uh, much happened in the race so fia yeah yeah there was nothing to to fuck up but let's talk about daniel ricardo and yuki sunoda so god okay begin i again i am i don't give my opinions on crashes unless it is very obvious i think i think uh, and even daniel said that he should not have gone for that move but i think yuki also closed the door on him or something like that what what bullshit it is 100% ricardo's fault a 100% ricardo fault there's no question in there it's it's so evident and clear how, how do you close the door there man that's daniel is not even said. in that's what no, he no, no. said i'm not saying that yeah. no 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 i'm, I'm talking about ricardo. <laughs> only he can't yeah. give out statements as he like so there is he, he's not even uh, ahead of uh, 
Sunoda, I guess, going into yeah, that corner. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. And and that's not like a straight, straight, uh, uh, pit straight or something. It's a tight corner. Yeah. What what closing the door means? What do you expect Sunoda to do? Just just go off the track and give the position to you, idiot. Okay, but yeah, he punched a hole in Yuki's car, and then Yuki had to retire, and then he got a ten second penalty, and. So, uh, so- so i have weird feeling about ricardo this weekend you, everybody is praising uh, oh my god what a drive driver of the day but i have my problem with ricardo this weekend he is, was better yeah. i mean he was better last to last uh, in the last race itself where he was alone driving his uh, in his own way but the problem is ending someone's race and you know finishing in, in better better in points is never a good thing so when i saw the incident i felt it was intentionally done uh, he seemed like a rookie to me and i like i don't like the such type of trying i don't encourage such type of racing that was totally uncalled for from ricardo i don't care what he did after the crash or uh, how well he uh, he has driven after that i was like no this is not a racing driver spirit hmm. i am not I I am not I I you know I am not as ecstatic as other people are right now uh, after seeing Daniel Ricardo drive like that being a Ricardo fan I'm telling you Yeah yeah I mean it it did look very uncharacteristic of him I just I also think that he's fed up of driving that McLaren dude he's just fed up of Yeah 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 please you know I will I will tell you this like McLaren only decided to let Norris and Ricardo change positions after he got his 10 second penalty they uh, did, they, they I were like clearly don't remember no they so after the decision was given that Daniel has his 10 second penalty he was then because he had to start building that gap and see if he can finish somewhere in points so then eventually he's going to drop back down and maybe get a p9 or a p10 or something like that so uh the decision came and then uh i think ricardo was behind norris and then they asked norris to let ricardo pass and then ricardo started his climb and ended up p7 with a 12 second gap to ocon so he got to keep his place mm, yeah yeah but it, it's like that's the thing like even and this is again one more example of how shitty mclaren strategy calls have been towards tanel ricardo this they they would have kept him behind lando norris mm. even when he was on a better strategy <laughs> even when he had the potential of scoring more points than Lando Norris that has been the case throughout it's been the case in Canada it's been the case in Austria i get why the dude is frustrated because they are trying to paint this narrative that he is always going to finish behind Lando Norris but the thing is that most of the time most of the time they're putting him on shitty strategy and they are asking him to play the team game they sacrificed his race in Baku for for a for a very stupid overcut that they wanted to do which did not even work they literally ruined his entire race because ricardo had pace there so mm-hmm. yeah i understand his frustration and i see the deliberation that he had in that particular incident but that's the only thing that gave him an opportunity to even do something on the track otherwise they would have been like okay ricardo you have to okay daniel just stay behind norris that's always yeah. been the case that's been the case this entire season and yeah people can see people can say that i'm like a 
Ricardo fan and it's a conspiracy theory. No, go to the McLaren app. You can listen to all the radios and everything. I have seen those radio conversations that happened between both the drivers, like uh, from the pit wall, from their pit wall to both the drivers. So I've seen those conversations. This has happened multiple number of times where they have sacrificed Daniel's race or they've not let Daniel finish ahead of Lando. So hmm. I mean, granted, Lando was on hearts, but I again think that was their strategy for both their drivers and they again would have wanted Ricardo to finish behind. Ricardo made the call that he was not going to come in and he would go on softs for the end and, and he did what he did. He did what he should have done. What must be done was done by him. What yeah. others, other teams wanted to do was done by him. Yes. What other teams should have done was done by him. Yeah, it was... Uh... I mean, the drive was am- amazing after that, but... Uh, no, I understand all... that. I understand that. But I also... That is the only way they would have let him pass Lando. That penalty hmm. was the only reason they let him pass Lando. Otherwise, they wouldn't understood, have. Understood. They would have been but like, okay, you stay behind. That dive-in looked completely intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. He was frustrated. Whether it was McLaren, whether it was the fact that he was not able to overtake Yuki or whatever it was. He was just fed up. So that yeah. that incident was very deliberate. And he got a 10-second penalty. And then he ended up scoring more points than Lando Norris. That's but I think, I think the last two races we are going to see Daniel in his villain era. He's going to make his own strategy calls. And I hope he does not do any more incidents like this but I think he's going to take a lot of it in his own hands and maybe just maybe he might not listen to team orders if they ask him to stay behind Lando please please do that yes I want to see Daniel Ricciardo in his villain era it's coming like 20 races too late but I would want to want him to end his apparent F1 career with a bang I want him to see I want him to be in his villain era now I'm I'm done with always smiling always happy Daniel Ricciardo I think I think a lot of it is coming from the USGP man should have seen him after the USGP he was so he was just so sad and broken and disappointed and like I don't think I even have a word in my uh, my vocabulary to even express how he looked after that race so oh, he, they, they didn't show him at all right He's, he was uh, invisible he I mean, was fighting Latifi, he was not on man. the camera yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah 16 he was yeah he was so far back what will you show and like there was still an intense enough battle going on in the front with like Vettel Charles uh, Max Lewis there was so much happening in that GP why would they show Daniel Ricciardo who's fighting Latifi for P16 I I understand that so uh, I want to see Daniel Ricciardo's villain era for the remaining two races he should do this he should do this now he should be like uh, you know Mexico he made his own calls he finished ahead of Lando if he does the same thing in Brazil and Abu Dhabi it's going to it's just going to prove that it was McLaren making those shitty calls and there is enough evidence to prove that Austria I remember very vividly sprint race he wanted to overtake Lando because he's he kept saying I have more pace let me pass him and sprint race they both finished out just outside of points I think 9th and 10th yeah, yeah I remember that yeah they don't let him pass Lando and then they should talk him in the media saying that he's not outperforming Lando I'm like you're not letting him pass and he that has is been... mostly because of the last year bias right no I I understand that but like anytime even even anytime Lando has asked to pass Daniel they have 
explicitly told Daniel to let let Lando pass. And okay, okay, last year's bias, but he is their last race winner. I know, I know he had an overall shitty season, but mm. he is their last race winner. And it's not like uh, he did not have any pace left in him because he did set the fastest lap on the last lap of the race. He took away maximum points. He took away 26 points in that race. So yeah. I know a lot of people, Lando fans have said that, oh, Lando was only playing the team game this that I'm like okay Lando you had you were well within you are their chosen boy you know McLaren like Lando Norris is the Max Verstappen of McLaren right they're not going to do anything to you should you decide to not obey team orders they're not going to do anything they might have a stern talking to after the race but that's it that is all it's going to be for you. So nobody was stopping you from disobeying the team order and going for that win. He wouldn't have been able to. I'm telling you, he wouldn't have been able mm. to. You know, when talking about Landon, uh, Landon Norris, I, I have seen this funny tweet somewhere. Uh, it's coming from either Helmut Marco or uh, Horner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like every time we talk about him being in Red Bull, <laughs> he signs a contract with McLaren. <laughs> He signs an extension with McLaren. Oh, I know. See, was that legit? Okay, so that's a legit statement from Horner. Or... I think Marco uh, Helmet Marco made that statement. So I'm I thought not... it was a troll or something. No, but like I saw this. Um, I can't remember uh, if it is a valid source or not. But I did see this. Uh... A list of things that, uh, like a list of um, instances where Lando Norris has talked to McLaren and, uh, uh, sorry, talked to Red Bull and then signed an extension with McLaren. So 2017, after his talk with Helmut Marco went bad, he entered McLaren. He enters the McLaren Academy and signed to be test and reserve driver. Okay, cool. Mm. They say that the talk went bad, so I don't know the details of that. 2018, okay. July or August. August, Helmut wanted Lando to replace Hartley mid-season in Toro Rosso. In exchange, yeah. Marco will let James Key go to work with McLaren early. Lando signed to be a McLaren driver for the 2019 season early mid-August. So, so again, <laughs> okay. 2021, Marco said that he wanted Lando for the Red Bull seat. Lando signed a new contract with McLaren for 2020. 22 with the option for more years and then early 2022 wow. Marco had talks with Lando about a seat in Red Bull in the future Lando signed with McLaren until 2025 in February <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lando is trolling Helmet Marco and Red Bull multiple times <laughs> yes I don't know how true this is but apparently and uh, I, I've heard this statement made by uh, Horner and Helbert both that they were in talks with uh, Lando for the for the second Red Bull seat and even even after that Helmet I think has made a statement that uh, the, the second driver in the Red Bull seat has to just accept the fact that Max Verstappen is going to be faster than, than them so mm. I'm like okay cool good for you Max is not stopping Stopping, smashing records, dude. What is happening? 14th race win. He's passed Michael and Sebastian Vettel for most race wins in a season. And yeah, people will say that, uh, you know, we have longer seasons, this, that. But I can see him finishing with 16 wins in a season. Like, who's stopping him? I am predicting, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no one stopping him. Until unless Red Bull will step in and do something to his car. 
car which they won't there is nothing no one to stop him yeah unless george russell does some terrorism in the first lap the the only hope i have is uh, uh, lewis in brazil that's it man i want lewis to win brazil so badly but mercedes strategy they, you can't beat them on pace i really think they need to start finding something in their strategy a oh, chance i thought you would say find better strategies yeah that's what i said they have to start finding some in their strategies that's what i said no no no, no. i thought you were telling the uh, they should find a better strategies hire me <laughs> <laughs> i would have the ferrari dude, virus has spread dude i'm telling you like um, so i was in i am in this uh, twitter group chat okay a lot of f1 fans very genuinely very nice people and uh, but all lewis fans okay i i have no trouble in accepting the fact that my gc's in twitter are echo chambers of what my biases are so i am in one daniel ricardo fan group chat and i am in one lewis hamilton fans group chat and i am not ashamed but i started saying from lap 30 35 onwards change that damn tire change the tire on either of the mercedes change the tire i knew in lap 30 35 that we are not going to win the race unless unless they do something in in their strategy but yeah i think i think mercedes was more prone to taking such risks in the first half of the season they did it multiple times with george or maybe george was more assertive in saying that okay i want to try this whatever it was but i think that that element of their uh, of their racing is is gone now now that they are closing in the gap they've started becoming more conservative which it just it does not make sense you're still not going mm. to be able to beat red bull on pace you have to find yeah, a better yeah. strategy so whoever is the current strategist all the love to you but, but please take some risks i think it's take james walls uh, yeah so take 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 a strategy formula 1 strategy 101 class by hanna schmidt that lady that lady Anna. is awesome oh, oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah. he is so amazing i have no words Brilliant. if i ever if i ever become if i ever get to a place that i become an f1 strategist i will just want to pick hanna's brain for four days straight to understand how she does what she does because she is such a boss lady she's like nope we are doing this we are doing this i became a fan of her in mexico last year because she she made an amazing call on max's strategy that led him to win the race they did an extra stop and that's my point like it's not always necessary that a two stop strategy is going to be slower than a one stop strategy yeah 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 so which is why it's called strategy because you can fuck around so like a one stop medium hard could don't be don't fuck around the... too much or else still become yeah, ferrari yeah. strategy yeah don't <laughs> yeah don't have like plan h i j that is too much but yeah that that instinct to react looking at the situation look at looking at a lot of things i think i think it was also the pirelli test dude that robbed them of the time because nobody was able to do longer runs on their race tires it's i just can't wrap my head around how you can look at latifi's pace and then say that hard is the best tire it it be- 
became very the minute Sebastian Vettel was able to do 30 plus laps on the softs I was like the tired egg is not Max is not his tire is not going to follow because he does not have to push he was already like 10 seconds ahead so yeah. anyways Mercedes please pick a better strategy <sighs> Like even with a bad strategy, yeah, but even with a bad strategy, you're finishing P2, P4. It's okay to take a gamble. The worst case scenario for them would have been P3, P4. That's the worst that could have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Ferraris weren't catching up. Yeah, that was the worst case scenario for them. So that's why I said you're either either going for the win or you're going for the P2. So, so, so no, there is this thing called traffic also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so especially with the long DRS trains at back, they were worried about uh, coming out behind them. So I kind Dude, of the minute the minute that Ferrari was twenty seconds behind, they had a free pit stop, and that was around lap thirty. Thirty, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They they could have easily because they, Lewis was P two, then there was Perez, and then there was George. They could have easily double stacked also because there was enough yeah, gap but... between both of them. If they wanted to pick both of them they would have still come out they would have come out p3 p4 ahead of ferrari if they had just and uh okay maybe their strategy game is not on point but they do they have done beautiful double stacks this season mercedes anytime they've gone for a double stack they've done it really really well yeah yeah so and there was only to do a double stack but yeah only once only once in in their lifetime they fucked up the double stacking and that was russell's first race in Mercedes. Uh, Sakir? Sakir, yes. That was a double stack, right? No, I think they put uh, uh, Russell's tires on Botas or something like that. That's what they did, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a double that stack. Was, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a double stack. They mixed up the tires. Mm. That was the thing. But yeah, um, yeah. So again, if you're going for the win, you can't play this safe. If you're going for the P2, then stop saying that you're going for the win. Then you maximize points. But even then, it would have made sense to pit Russell for softs with uh, with like 15 laps to go so he could have overtaken Checo on softs and you would have finished P2, P3 more points so either way that, that yep. call did not make sense but okay I can talk about Mercedes strategy this weekend for a very long time because it's dude 1.30 the race started for us 1.30 in the night the race started for us and then to see sh- such a shitty race uh, I was and hold your sleep yeah and I was like uh, anyways um so yeah max Verstappen's racing records okay we have gone off a lot of so he breaks the record of uh most number of wins in a season and most points scored in a season so he overtakes lewis deserved breaks. yeah i mean yeah. the car is not a rocket ship but the others we all know how that back. happened yeah, yeah yes, we all yes, know yes. how that happened it, ferrari this is this is the first half of the season that ferrari should have had they are if only at least one at least one out of the two ferraris were there in the mix no this wouldn't have yeah, happened yeah at least one yeah but they were going for plan e explode explode Dude, every uh, single race weekend so you remember the last column in uh, excel it'll be some xfd or something yeah i think ferrari has all the plans until there 
<laughs> none of them is a race winning plan none of them is a race winning plan for sure my god yeah i think i think plan h plan i plan j that is too much planning right and those plans don't make sense if you're not able to identify which plan to execute when depending on what the conditions on the track are depending on when there is a safety car depending on what the other team has done so like they are just making possible permutation combinations of what the strategy can be but not assessing when those strategies should be used i think yeah, there is yeah. a there are so like if there are 10 steps involved in making a strategy i think they're missing a couple of them they're skipping some of them no i think they're adding two more they're complicating no but like okay uh, first step is identifying the strategy second step is uh no 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 so so I, what is I, the time I going think... to be third is uh does this offset uh, red bull's plan fourth is so i think i think they're skipping in that and then after following those 10 steps you're like is this a viable strategy or not so i think they are skipping so because they're not able to reach that conclusion that's why they have like some 15 million strategy plans <laughs> i think so so let's say for socks the window is 13 to 17 laps so for those uh, uh, 13 to 17 laps they have four different strategies like yeah. uh, pit in 14 lap uh, when there is a safety car <laughs> come with the mediums or uh, if Red Bull reacts there is another strategy so this yeah. way they are planning and they are over complicating themselves so one big whiteboard where there's just branches it's like okay soft we start on soft spit on 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 there are five branches and then in that there are two more it's like okay we can go on mediums or we can go on hearts or we can put another uh, set of soft and then what happens and then how many laps are... I think that's what they're doing that's how they're coming up with these many plans but they are not able to assess which strategy to go for yeah 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 i think binotto also made a comment saying that mercedes has also lost race wins because of their strategy guys like we are not the only ones but like binotto you're you're the guy with the fastest car on track that's the problem <laughs> It does not matter. <laughs> like when the season started, I was not like, okay, Mercedes is not going to get a win. They have too many problems in their car. But when the season started, it was like, oh, Ferrari is going to get in the mix. And then they were not. <laughs> that is the problem. Yeah, have you seen yeah. that? He said that. He's like, we are not the only ones who have lost wins because of strategy. He said that. I, I don't give a damn about uh, <laughs> Helmut Mark or Christian Horner or Matteo Binotto's words anymore. I just don't but care. Yeah, Toto, Toto is not in that list. I thought you would add Toto also. Toto to Kapko gaya hoga. <laughs> okay. He has gone for a long time now. Okay, okay. <laughs> I stopped caring for Toto in 2016 only. Oh, okay. In fact, I was happy when he was shouting on the mic uh, in the Abu Dhabi. Race. No, Mikey. No, no. Mikey, I no. enjoyed that moment. Yeah, I, I, I whatever. Okay, uh, you can, you can curse me. Tell me whatever things you want, but I enjoyed that moment a lot. Hey, I mean, see, this is the fact, right? I have said this multiple times. I know I'm missing a lot of context of what has happened. I know I'm watching the older races, but then there are a lot of things like I'm not following these 
the older seasons like i'm following this one right where i'm not keeping up with the media statements and whatever other things happened i am just solely focusing on what happened on the track that is all i'm doing so i'm not going to judge anybody on something and it's not like i like toto 100% of the times i am like okay toto <laughs> this is this is a bit much and i'm i'm okay to i don't have any problem calling out my team at any point of time dude you should watch a liverpool match with me the way i insult them n- nobody who hates liverpool can if they're playing oh. shitty the way i insult them nobody else can i was watching the champions league final um uh, which is uh, liverpool madrid right and uh, 21 21 final whatever whatever the last final was i don't know how they yeah, were 21 Yeah. So, uh oh, and, sorry, 22, uh, 22 final. Yeah. So, I was watching it with my friend and uh, I think around 60 65 minute mark he was like, "Bro, are you sure Liverpool is your team because I was roasting them so much. I was like, what are they doing? What are what are they fucking doing on the field? I don't understand. And I, yeah, it's it's fun. I'm I'm never afraid to call out on my own. And I judge them way too harshly than I would judge any other team for that matter. So it's hard yeah, to but, be the team that I support. But why do you be so harsh when you're new to the sport? I understand if you're harsh towards your nba team but i don't understand no, i'm not I'm, and... i'm new to see i'm not new to soccer as a sport i know soccer i've watched soccer uh, sorry football why am i saying soccer this is the no. downside of working with americans to call it soccer but yeah I, i've watched football so i know football as a sport i know football and so i'm like so my point better. is to be that harsh and uh, call out your team uh, and throw words at them you need to have some knowledge about the technicalities also right like uh, during the game how they are playing you need to have the yeah, understanding like i, if, I if, hope you have that understanding yeah but like if trent is supposed to defend and he's not running back when they are under attack and that results in a goal it's not a technicality ah, okay. stupidity okay. that's okay, what okay, okay. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah. the behaviors i'm calling out i'm not like understood, understood. a clop does not know who who gets to play this that i i don't know that much okay i am yeah, not yeah. calling those things but when mistakes are apparent that's what i called about it's not like <laughs> no i don't pretend to be an expert at all i just want to preface this i am not an expert in any way shape or form but when when a mistake is that apparent i am not going to sit and defend oh but oh trent was tired he did not expect this or i am not going to sit and make excuses for trent i'm going to be like yeah mm. trent that was stupid you've been playing for so long like yeah. what are you doing yeah that's what i do yeah yeah got got all right my god <laughs> never had to <laughs> never had to defend roasting my own team <laughs> to anybody else but yeah yeah no no i i totally understand very legit point but yeah i i again as in formula 1 I call out very basic shits in football as well because I know I don't know too much but whatever it is that I know if my team has done something wrong in those aspects I will definitely say that you've done this wrong like Allison Allison having the ball in his hand and he passed it to Manchester City twice and both times they scored I'm like Allison yeah. what are you doing yeah those are the things I call out because that is apparent right because Manchester City 
is blue we are red i'm like have you gone have you suddenly gone color blind are you not able to see that you have to pass to red red colored people because i'm like once is a mistake twice is i don't know what twice is but then he scored against west ham the last minute goal and then i was like okay alison i love you again so i have a i have that kind of relationship with my with my football team okay yeah is this still a mexico gp podcast i don't think so <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what this uh, Mexico 2022 did to us. That's, yeah, that's what this race should have been. And dude, the only reason this was like so boring was because we were not watching together because otherwise we would have just uh, started discussing like football or some other shit because th- this is what the, this weekend was. Like there's just nothing to talk about. It's just waiting for something to happen, and in the meantime, while we wait for something to happen, we're discussing football. That's it. That was that was the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Raymond Can't is going to have fun listening to this. Yeah. Same man. Same. I I should have slept. Can't can't believe I wasted a glass of wine on this. I could have slept and woken up and watched the highlights, and we would have been able to react. Uh, we would have been able to record this. podcast i didn't need to yeah, yeah. stay up to us yeah so anyways brazil brazil last sprint of the year and uh, lewis hamilton's second home race and hamilton uh, hamilton to win the sprint race hamilton to grab a pole hamilton to win the race yeah i don't i don't see that happening man somebody is going to have to turn that red bull down to like 60% for hamilton to win that race it's not happening come on lewis yeah. we want a grand slam as much as i want that to happen it's not happening it's not well, happening dude yeah i think they have a good chance this weekend but we have also... been saying this for so long i'm tired of saying this said it in mexico <laughs> we saw it in silverstone you're not saying it in silverstone but we saw it in silverstone lewis had a good chance of winning that race lewis had a good chance of winning a race in netherlands uh us i would not say i don't think lewis ever had a chance but it was a good fight for the win i don't think they had the pace but mexico they had a good chance but like i'm tired of seeing that also also the red bull is red bull is kind of strong in this brazil circuit it has been strong for so long time now yeah Dude, that red bull is so strong like it it does not matter where they start they are going to win the race or like max is going to win the race yeah 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 it's not sure. even like it's not even like there's a fight between max and checo basically the community f1 community is not divided as to predicting uh, who will win the race yeah it's, it's max verstappen one name mm. number 33 but yeah f2 season completed no abu dhabi Dumb, no? i mean the, the championship abu. is wrapped but abu dhabi yeah, race yeah. is left race is left F3 is completely wrapped. Oh yeah, got finished in Monza. W series is wrapped. And W series is W series was suspended because they did not have money. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a pity yeah. ending. So I was, I was listening to this uh, again, Engine Head uh, F1 podcast. Okay, and they had this guest on. Uh, she is an F1. uh tiktok tiktoker her name is tony coven brown and she creates like good content and everything and 
he said that this year all the uh, formula championship have had their champions decided in such an uncelebrated uncelebratory way like f3 champion mm-hmm. f2 Understood. champion Understood. again w series champion max verstappen like it's it's sad and like that episode was so interesting um she talks about she talks about what exactly is how much of an impact does w series actually have of getting women in motorsports and what how are how is the fia or just f1 community in general is doing is fucking up w series or like creating hype around it and all these sort of things what is the future of content that people are going to consume in formula one and with the trends that we are seeing now so it's just there is just so much good content about formula one dude it's not just about listening to martin brundle and will buxton and um ted kravitz and all these no doubt amazing people who do provide excellent commentary but yeah that was a very fresh perspective i i quite enjoy listening to a lot of lot of these uh, podcasts and i don't i have not listened to a single episode of f1 beyond the grid but i'm listening to these podcasts i'm yet to start on tech heads but i am so excited they only have i think seven episodes out and around one hour but this like solely dedicated to the technical aspect of formula 1 i'm obviously uh, already so excited yeah yeah i think so, you should start listening to beyond the grid also i love the uh, susie wolf episode loved it yeah maybe man i i mean see the thing is that i listen to podcast for 10 hours every day when i'm working because Because, yeah same 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 yeah because my work is so dull and boring that it's i don't need to uh, that i'm able to concentrate on two things at once so mm. yeah basically but, not creative yeah so i have mm. a i but that's the thing i have so many podcasts that i listen to and uh, after a point what it becomes is if i'm just listening to formula 1 content then it becomes like this overdose because we are talking Monata, about yeah. formula 1 yeah yeah, yeah watching i feel that i feel that every other race weekend every single race weekend we are watching and then after that every single one of these podcast is going to have an episode we are going to record an episode and then keeping up with all the news and everything so so when we like right now like after brazil there's going to be abu dhabi so these are like back to back race weekend so that's the time when i would actually slip into some other kind of a podcast but then when the season break starts maybe that's when i will pick up on beyond the grid yeah so brazil uh, man we, brazil one of ha uh, okay yeah we so. haven't talked about the sky sports max verstappen thing yet oh yeah ted kravitz max verstappen red bull boycott what are your you thoughts no <laughs> you go first <laughs> i am you see i am highly hugely against that brit media mafia okay anyway so i've been seeing seeing this in pl also i've been seeing this in f1 also i've been seeing this in cricket also everywhere this brit media sucks and they don't respect the player i mean whatever the athletes whoever come from the other nations as much as they respect their own countrymen i mean it's okay. kind of natural mm-hmm. but if there mm-hmm. is a slightest opportunity 
opportunity they'll be the ones first in the line to uh, jump on and uh, be ready to degrade the other uh, other athletes okay i've never liked the brit media and same goes with crofty i mean he's he's a great commentator i i'm not taking that away from him mm-hmm. uh, martin brundle again shitty opinions <laughs> sometimes <laughs> martin brundle the thing that irritates me the most is when they get names wrong in the commentary i am still fine with the names okay uh, i too because I... i get confused they're like they there are a couple of times when they've called vettel stroll and vice versa or something like that and i'm like hold on when did stroll get there i'm like because i know yeah, yeah, vettel yeah. was running there so i get confused momentarily that's my problem yeah, but yeah, yeah i will let you finish and then i will give you my thoughts yeah so is ted travett british i don't know man i'll have to check ted i think anthony yeah, yeah he's a is... he's british reporter yeah no wonder so here is my thing hmm. for all those who are saying max cheated not red bull Hmm. and max didn't deserve the title hmm. i don't agree with any uh, any of you that's okay you can debate as much as you want but the problem is there is a 50 50 chance that max wouldn't have known that red bull is uh, overspending yeah right right there is a 50 50 chance okay okay there is a uh, he has done nothing wrong in that abu dhabi final uh, agreed agreed so why the guys are shitting uh, are shitting on especially max not red bull okay. i mean say red bull cheated say i understand uh, in place of max if there was another driver also they would have said the same thing except mm. that driver wasn't british yeah that's what that, that is that is my whole point right. if if max verstappen was british that mm. discussion would have been different for sure okay yeah so here's yeah. the so thing i'm finished mm. okay what ted kravitz said Oh. I've listened I've listened to what he said. Okay. He was talking about the uh, the whole Brad Pitt thing, okay? The movie thing. And he said that mm. he said that the racing officials decided to change the rules and hand the title to the other driver and robbed Lewis Hamilton of his eighth win. of his championship win that is what ted kravitz said this is what oh, was said okay it's the other media who twisted and uh, sent out the He, news to and again i will say this i have only watched mm. a segment of this clip but this mm. robbing lewis hamilton thing was never said in context of red bull because red bull did not rob lewis hamilton it was michael masi and fia mm-hmm. has accepted that right mm. fia yes. has accepted after that they have published a report saying that it was human error and that they will not change the championship okay i don't have a problem with that ted kravitz and again i will say this i've watched a segment of that clip so the robbing thing was said in context of a racing official he did not even name masi he said that the guy in charge or the race official or whatever term he used he changed mm. the rules gave the championship to the other driver and robbed lewis hamilton mm. that is what he said now what i think this is is to avoid any more questions about the cost cap thing this entire thing of the sky bot uh, boycott and everything mm. is just to avoid more questions about cost cap because they've just done it for mexican gp and what two days before the mexican gp weekend was when we uh, got the uh, the penalties and christian honor had a um had a press conference or whatever and again i will say this every every single commentator has had a bias okay every single one of them have had a bias and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay to have your biases but the way that red bull has painted this narrative and the shit that ted kravitz is receiving uh, in his dms and twitter if you're doing that 
you are a shitty person. If you are shitting on somebody for having an opinion that is different than you and sending him death threats and whatever, whatever, and just sending them shitty DMs, you are a fucking loser. <laughs> Stop doing that. But the he never said Red Bull. I think it was just a deflection technique that has worked very well because now Red Bull has said that they don't have a problem from next week onwards because now next week onwards when they do go to Sky, either Sky uh, reporters are going to apologize to him or uh, they are going to be like, they are going to totally ignore everything and just talk about the race weekend. But Ted Kravitz never explicitly said Red Bull or Max Verstappen dropped Lewis Hamilton of his eighth win. Oh, I okay. Then it's my mistake. Then so I have read articles about them uh, about the the whole feud between Max Verstappen and uh, Ted Kravitz. And every literally every article said that uh, Ted Kravitz said something like uh, Max was undeserving. Lewis was a real champion in that context. So that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, mm. The robbing thing was said in context of Michael Masi. He might have said sentences after or before that. My understanding was that he was just talking about this plot of the movie and he was like he can make this movie where you know there's this fight to the championship and then in the last race when both the champions are both the contenders are on equal points and the race official changes the rules and gives the championship to the other driver and Lewis Hamilton was robbed because that is what happened so mm, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. not not he may have said that and if he okay. said that he is wrong Max Verstappen absolutely deserved to win the 20 21 championship it's the way that he won that is that has caused the controversy at no point in that entire season would i have said that max verstappen does not deserve to win the championship because he was a phenomenal driver throughout that season so i'm just saying no, the fact that people people are like people are still uh, uh, coming online and uh, saying that uh, the champion should, uh, championship trophy st- should be given back. To Lewis Hamilton, no. I don't off. want that. No, no. Stripped off from Max Verstappen. Right. What bullshit is this? I, that's, I don't get not it, man. Going to, it's not going to... See, that it's a, that's the problem, right? The way Abu Dhabi ended, this debate mm. is never going to end. Yeah, if yeah, the yeah. FIA does something, if the FIA don't do anything, either way... This will be a reference. Are, the, yes, this is always going to keep on happening and people are going to commentate and people have biases so these controversies are going to keep on happening that's the problem that's the entire problem with that one decision that Michael Masi took that Mm. one decision has now this has become the discourse on Twitter when it comes to talking about F1 because it's just always going to be about like even this season any talks that are happening on Twitter if I see anything that happens on Twitter I can't believe it is still about Max and Lewis. Why is it about Max and Lewis? They're not even competing for the same position in the championship. Like, mm. how is it still? But that is what the conversation is has become. And that is what the conversation always going to be. That is the, the real repercussions of what happened with that one decision and F1 Twitter is never going to now be united because that has driven a wedge that is just it's just never going to fill up it's divided us as fans for eternity because this championship will be talked about for next 10 years I'm telling you this is never going to go away no matter how many championship uh, Lewis wins after this no matter how many championship Max wins after this and again with 
with the cost cap thing and all these um, revelations of the 2021 season coming out this late into the 2022 season, it's again adding this air of, uh, you know, Max Verstappen is, uh, should not be the champion because the car is mm. illegal. Now it's about car being illegal because they've all, because there's this conversation about, oh, of course, Red Bull carried the uh, advantage of last year to this year and this, that, blah, blah, blah. So it's just... The reason Abu Dhabi was bad is because of a lot of things. And Lewis Hamilton not winning his eighth championship or Max Verstappen being given his first championship in such a controversial way is just one of them. But yeah, this this is what it has become. And like... (sighs) Dude, there are so many other uh, uh, commentators who clearly have a Max Verstappen bias. And it's okay, man. That's that's the thing. People are going to have their biases. We on this podcast, we have our biases. We try to be mm. as objective as we can. But when we talk Formula 1 to each other, we obviously have our own biases. So that it's, it's, it's a very human thing to do, to have your own biases. But I don't think in this context... In what Ted Kravitz said with uh, Lewis Hamilton being robbed, he never mentioned Max Verstappen being the one who robbed him. He might have said later that Max does not did not deserve the championship. That, w- that would have been wrong. If he said that, I don't know if he said that. But if he said that, that is wrong. He absolutely deserved to win the championship. Not in the way it happened, but he absolutely 100% did. So, yeah, that's it. That's that's what I wanted to say. Mm, agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed to everything. So, okay, this is not coming from a very reliable source. But the rumor is that Haas will announce Nico Hulkenberg as their second driver for 2023 this Thursday. Yeah, this has been going around since last two days, I guess. Yeah. And Sebastian Vettel has said that he cannot rule out out an F1 comeback. Oh, I'm telling you, man, he's coming back with Audi. I am telling you he's coming back with Audi. He's such a big Shumi nice. fan. Of course, he's coming back with Audi. It's like, <coughs> Shumi did the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. He's coming back with Audi. And I am hype AF. Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel, Audi 2026. Let's make it happen. Let's start a petition. <laughs> Okay. All right. So let's do predictions. Yeah. How did we pull two hours of content out of this? Yeah, I I think if if we just have to look at Formula One content, that would be like thirty minutes. Everything else was football and some other <laughs> shit we talked about. Okay. So Shaguri predicted Lewis, George, Charles, fastest lap to George, Max, DNF, stroll out of points, and both Haas out of points. So he gets three points. Kramer predicted Max, Checo, George. Fastest lap to Max. Both Alpine in points. Vettel above Stroll and Butas above So. So he gets four points. Two for Max and then Vettel above Stroll and Butas above So. You predicted Max, Checo, Lewis. Fastest lap to Max. Both Aston Martin into Q2. This this broke my heart. Yeah. At least one McLaren in points. Both of them were in points. So you get one point there. And at least two DNFs in the race. Man, I was so sure that you will not get those points. But DNF then points. honey yeah. But then honey badger came through for honey badger. <laughs> 
So you get four yeah. points. And I predicted Max Lewis Charles. Fastest lap to Checo. Daniel Ricciardo makes it to Q2. Alonso out of points. And Aston Martin P6 in constructors. So I get six points. Yay. Yay. I think I am going, I am leading the prediction. Prediction league. league. Yes. Hold on. I got six. Shakuni got three. Kramer and you both got four. So let's see. Yeah. Oh, we are both tied in first place at 60 points. And then Kramer is second with 56 and Shakuni is third with 52. How much is the gap between Kramer and us? It is four points. Three points? Four points. Four. Okay. So yeah, pretty, pretty exciting uh, championship battle. All right. I can't believe we talked for so long on this. It's going to be fun to edit. <laughs> yeah okay thanks man for joining and thank you everybody for listening to this episode i hope you had fun we had a lot of fun and um, yeah if you if you have any feedback for us if you want us to cover anything or if you want to be part of the podcast write to us at over the curb podcast at gmail.com reach out to us on our instagram at over the curb podcast or on our twitter at over the curb pod we are also on youtube watch our youtube videos it's the same it's the same podcast but just on youtube so if you if you like that if you want free content and don't want to take a spotify membership go watch us on youtube and until brazil sprint weekend woo woo i i don't know why Ciao, i get Paolo. so excited for uh sprint weekend i don't know brazil sprint will be good yeah brazil dude the last brazil sprint was so good oh lewis hamilton disqualification and then oh yeah 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 so good nothing's Starting going to be able to field. top yeah nothing's going to be able to top that yeah damn all right okay until brazil bye 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 bye